Welcome to a new episode of Down the Rabbit Hole, episode number 35. And we have a interesting and different title this time, but mm -hmm. Carl, how are you? I'm fine, Rafa. Are you ready you. for the weather today? I, I'm going to do the weather. It's, uh, but it's, wait. it's very short. Very yeah, short. the weather sponsored by, insert here your brand, the, name, the, company, uh, whatever uh, you want. Yeah. Intro Sylvania. Okay. Can I can I carry on? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the weather today is wintry. Now, that means it's cold. If you live in Cluj, you just look out of the window. If you live anywhere else, you don't care. You don't care. Okay? Yeah. Discard the information. But if you want your weather... This is, a, just... this is a public service. Yeah, exactly. And the title of the, uh, of the episode today. Mm. Don't turn off. Video gaming and mind control. Mind control. And we have for this a special guest that you already said hello, saying uh, yes. And <coughs> let me present him. Daniel Patrick Cohen uh, is a British musician and teacher based in Romania with a range of musical interests, including film music, hip-hop and electronic music. Daniel produced a 90-minute score <laughs> for Alfred Hitchcock's first silent feature film, The Pleasure Garden, which premiered at uh, Wilton's Music Hall in London before being performed again around the world including one particularly special performance on Copacabana Beach at Rio Film Festival. That's nice. In early 2015, Daniel released a concept album entitled The Passenger after Michelangelo Antonini film of the same name. An inspiration for the album was a quote from uh, filmmaker David Lynch on hearing Barry Adamson's uh, Oedipus. Oedipus. Okay, can you pronounce that, these last uh, words? Uh, Oedipus, Schmiedipus. I think the second word is made up. That's okay. So yeah. I'm not, I'm like, it is a joke title, I think. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, well, you already heard him. Like easy Daniel, welcome. Hello. Hello, hello. Huh? So, today we're talking about music, about video games, about mind control, about concepts, things hidden sometimes. Sometimes mm. everybody's aware of those hidden, in video games. Hidden influences. Influences, yes. Mm. So, we want to start first with the bath part. The things that, uh, uh, I don't know, there are some conspiracy theories around it. And the yeah. first one is about the music. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you uh, yes, you uh, suggested this conspiracy theory to me about, which I didn't know about. <laughs> it's just, it's not his responsibility, this part. Okay? Yeah, like, okay, yeah. Don't, don't look at me. Have, have you all got that? Yeah. We got it. Don't yeah. worry. Go on. But, Sorry, go <laughs> <laughs> Good. So uh, you presented this conspiracy theory again <laughs> <laughs> about uh, the idea that the the Rockefeller family yeah. uh, forced the world to uh, tune their instruments to a uh, being a concert a this one being yeah. uh, 440 hertz. Carl's about to say I'm playing a piano. That was an actual piano. Yeah. Yes, we an have now piano. in the studio piano with us. Our fourth guest, yes. <laughs> a piano. I want to present you the M audio piano that we have in front of us. <laughs> carry on, carry on Dan. Yes, so 440 hertz. Um, uh, when previously it was uh, the theory goes... The conspiracy goes. That our, our, that our bodies actually want to hear concert A at 432 hertz, not 440. So it's been raised uh -huh. up for Is that entirely, right? you know, uh, well, horrible purposes. Uh -huh. Well, I was reading that actually, uh, let's say, uh, along all this uh, time, mm. there have been different Many. Uh, frequencies being tried, not only 
432 or 440. Well, isn't it to do with scales? What, it has what, to yeah. do with the tuning. Scale types. So, pre- so previously you actually had instruments, I mean, going back in, in history, you have instruments that are tuned. Uh, so the first trumpets, for example, would be tuned in one particular key so that they would work in that key. Exactly. And that's it. A bit like yeah. harmonicas, like you get harmonicas in different yes. keys. Yes, so you'd have, yes. And then you have, uh, and then at some point someone decided, you know, this is... Uh, We've got to normalise this, and came up with the idea of equal temperament, right. which is this is predating all of this stuff about the our conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> now it's our conspiracy. And so now, and so then you have twelve notes equally spaced, which is on the piano like the, like this. That's all twelve notes plus the one at the end. Was that twelve? Uh-huh. The twelfth added on. There's twelve, and then I repeated the first and one. And they repeated another. Yes. And then they go and then they go up the octaves. So then you have. Uh, yeah, so that that developed over over the years, and I've I I found out that it used to be quite uh, lower, and then it gradually got brighter as the years uh, uh, passed, as the decades, centuries passed. And do you know why that is? Why it got brighter? Uh, uh, no, oh, I yeah. could. I think I could speculate. I mean, everything gets a sheen when you make it brighter. There's a uh, there's a famous song. I think the Beatles. I can't think. Uh-huh. I can't think which song it is, but they they recorded it, and then someone at the end, after they recorded the whole thing, just sped it up a little pitch, bit. Pitch shifted it. Uh, it's a, essentially a pitch a pitch shift. They uh-huh. sped it up a little bit, uh, just to buy a semitone, the smallest musical interval uh-huh. there, uh, uh, just to add that little bit of brightness, which they 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 like. Uh-huh. So uh, the idea that the whole thing brightens as there's decades pass doesn't surprise me too much. Right. I, I found uh, some a uh, very interesting paragraph saying that. Uh, Actually, this is based in in one thing. There are two things. No, about uh, taking off that conspiracy away, so long, you know, yeah. uh, of why some people has used it. Uh, because there's something called concert pitch. Right. Yes. So, uh, in this is talking about concert pitch exactly, and uh, so it says something like this: in a concert pitch, a with forty four uh, four hundred forty hertz, that tuning is not perfect. A matter of fact, it's far from perfect when using 440 hertz as the reference pitch. The measure frequencies of other notes start to fraction off. For example, when A equals 440 hertz, middle C becomes 261.63 hertz. The E above, 659.26 hertz, and the rest of the scale is fractioned off in a similar manner. And with 432 hertz tuning, on the other hand, is perfect. When using 432 hertz as the reference pitch, the measure frequencies of the other notes all become whole tones. Middle C is 256 hertz, E above 648 hertz, and this stays consistent throughout the entire note range. So, so that is one of the reasons yeah. of why uh, some people say or think that it's better to have that's, whole numbers that's rather that, than I mean, fractional. That, 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 so the, the, the hertz thing means 440 vibrations per second. Yes, and the idea that it would make a difference that that number is an integer, which is what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Not an integer, just a whole number. Just a whole number. A whole number, yes. Oh, an integer is a number that can be divided by <laughs> itself or one. Right. Only. Yes. Okay. I think, okay, right, anyway. So, well, no, actually, that's a prime number. That's a prime number. So the, we're, we're, you're yeah. right. <laughs> Sorry. That is a prime number card. This isn't a maths class. You woke, you woken up yet? Yeah. So yeah. we've got. Uh, so the, my medication's wearing off. But the idea that we that the ear would be able to detect whether it is a whole number of uh, vibrations per second or a, d- a decimal number of vibrations per second is uh, 
and that seems that a have, bit. It's that's. I mean, it's pseudoscience. The whole the yeah. whole thing yeah. is a bit pseudoscience yeah. because we're talking about tiny fractions. It's, yeah, it's extraordinary. Would you be able to tell if you heard it? No, only if you had uh, uh, I an would, instrument. Actually, no. Or two people, or two types. I mean, uh, two types of people would be able to tell. I mean, you'd be able to tell if you compared it. So, if you played one piece in uh, at four hundred and forty, and then you played the same thing at four hundred and thirty-two next to each other, you would be able to hear that one was very slightly low. Obviously, right. uh, yeah. if, without it, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't be able to tell at all for a musician uh some musicians have something called perfect pitch which mm, you might have heard mm-hmm. of perfect pitch mm-hmm. yeah. this is where you can cold like just walking down the street you can pluck and a concert a at 440 hertz uh, out of thin air mm. just and uh, just singing uh this tends to be from people this gets uh this is from acquired as a child it said that that's acquired when you're a young a young child if you have a piano that, mm. uh, that's shown to you from a very early age you develop this thing perfect pitch mm. um our piano at home when I was young, there was a semitone flat. The whole thing was a bit out. So I, so I was never going to have perfect pitch. Uh, what's, what's actually important, perfect pitch has actually limited use for a musician, for any musician, unless you're a choir master, who's quite useful to just pluck that note out of thin air. Um, what's really important for a musician, what's of vital importance, is relative pitch. So if you give me a, if you tell me a note, like a D, I should be able to sing. I'm not going to now, but I should be able to sing. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, I should be able to sing another note related to right. that pitch. That's a vital part of being a musician. Yeah. That's very, very important. Mm. But because I don't have perfect pitch, I, I, I the idea that, that this... If I said to you, can you sing a... If you told if you if you get if you gave if you told me if you gave me an A and you told me at four hundred thirty two, uh, there's a cold. But if I, I, there's no way I would know whether it was a four hundred thirty two or four hundred forty. But if I asked you for an A without playing it to you, would you be able to do it? No, because I don't have perfect right. pitch. This is the thing that people. So you people need. Have. A reference to then work yes. against, but that is that because in actual, in actual musical scenarios and rehearsals and things, that's what you have. Everyone okay, has the tuning, yeah. and that's that's the that's that's the crucial thing, and that's how I would write music in my head yeah, and yeah. and without a piano and all that kind of, that kind of stuff. So you're not playing in a vacuum. So mm. there's always uh-huh. some reference, right? And uh, and there was a reference about uh, that vibration. There mm. was an experiment. What do you? Th- this is just to know your opinion about the. Bi- Experiment with water, oh, yeah. and putting the vibration of uh, 440 versus 432, which is what is the yeah? It's more harmonious the spectrum of the water. Let's say how it looks, well, the shape of the shape, the, the ripples, the ripple, uh-huh. right? Compared to uh, 440, I'd love to see that. I, that's again yeah, that's, sounds sounds a bit weird. To me. It, it would seem that that would be. <laughs> I don't know how the, the harmoniousness of the ripples would depend on the size of the container of the water mm. and the depth of the water and maybe the temperature and the, that kind uh-huh. of thing, uh, as opposed to as I say the four hundred thirty two, four hundred forty. Yeah, yeah, I find that a little odd actually. Yeah, well, we will put in the show notes a reference just so you see it and you yeah. make your own opinion yeah. and see it. So, but the reason we're uh, also starting with music is because music is a very important part of video gaming. Yeah. Mm. I, I think the best games uh, that have ever been done have a great soundtrack. Uh, yeah. I, Certainly more recent times. Anyway. And actually, music creates a reference in your minds when you hear the music, mm. you recall instantly, ah. Uh, is that yes. music game? Yeah. Uh, we're going to yes. I think we'll come on to that later when we talk about the good part yeah, of uh, video game and mind yeah, yeah. control. Um, I think 
People, uh, some people used to ask me when I was at music college whether whether I could think of because I've uh, specialised in film music. If I could think of films of uh, brilliant films with bad soundtracks or bad films with brilliant soundtracks, um, and I can name very very few. It's a uh, for me certainly the the link between the quality of the soundtrack and the quality of the it's... film or video game is absolutely. In fact, I couldn't I couldn't name you a good video game. A video game that I like without a good soundtrack is just—it's the whole experience, isn't it? It is it's an yeah. integral part of the experience. I can name a couple of films. There's one, uh, The Tree of Life. Did you see The Tree of Life? Uh-huh. Uh, no. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful film, kind of visionary film, but I—I I, I didn't like the soundtrack. <laughs> but that's really rare. That's uh, really rare for that to happen, isn't right. it? Uh, much more often that it's just completely the, the two just become yeah. completely synthesized for me. Yeah. And uh, let's say in our show notes, now we have another point there used by you called time. Oh, yes. Yes, I was thinking about the, the idea of uh, time and this is an interesting way of controlling someone is to uh, make them lose track of time. Remove cues. Remove cues. And this is what, what something that's fascinated me about the sinister ed element in Vegas. And of course, Raff has worked in Vegas. Yeah. Well, so you know or about casinos generally. Or I think yeah. uh, certainly casinos generally yeah. is uh, that they... Uh, no clocks. Right? They try to remove yeah. your sense. Of course, the, mm. for the, the the casino, the longer you stay in the casino, the more money you lose. So yeah. every, the, everything about a casino's atmosphere is set up to make you lose track of time. Yeah. The artificial light, lighting yes. is an absolutely fundamental. Keeps you aware all the so time. You, you know, not, you, you yes, you have not, you have the not, same light yeah. level. So you have no, you no idea if it's 10 a.m. because your body responds very, very. You know, you know this if you get jet yes. lag. If you get jet lag, if you go to another country, the part of the prop, the a really big problem is the, the natural lighting from outside yeah. has a real effect on your your. He's running counter to your rhythm. Yeah, your your body clock which is absolutely. Important. And there's another thing that uh, let's say apart from this that is related to the video games, but uh, in Vegas they also have uh, oxygen injected through the vents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when uh, the breathing of the clear oxygen keeps you keeps more you fresh. fresh and awake. awake. Oh, so, so sinister. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, really, really And sinister. that's why also they have this other tactic, which is everything like, that's why you get free drinks while you're playing. Yeah. yeah. If you're spending enough money, presumably. No. In while most... you are staying, even in a slot machine, yeah. they can... Yeah, bring you a free uh, free drinks as much as you stay there. With trays of drinks, you can change yeah. twenty dollars of five uh, cent coins about, I, and stay there yeah. all night just pushing one coin start and taking get notes. drunk. This sounds really fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's an experience. Have you been? You've been to Vegas, have you? Uh, many times. Yeah, yeah okay. many times. Many yeah. times. Not multiple just, times. Not several no, times. Many. Not a few times. Many times. I used to go every year for ten days, uh, from about nineteen eighty one till about nineteen. 89, something like that, for a huge conference that was in Vegas mm. called Comdex. Comdex right? Yeah. I used right. to go to Comdex, but actually right after he stopped going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I Coincidence? Used to, and I used to stay in the uh, Flamingo Hilton, which was uh-huh. one of the original hotels yeah. in, that's in Vegas. The, that would be in Ocean, that's in Ocean's Eleven, the original Ocean's yeah, Eleven. that's in right, the, the one with the kind of ostrich feathers at the front. That's yeah. where I used to stay. And nice. they had... Um, obviously this exact setup of no clocks now. And when the kind of things I noticed as well yeah. was that the rooms were very sparsely furnished. Mm. So you're paying a lot of money for this room in this hotel, which is a nice hotel, generally speaking, but there's very little facility in the room because they don't want you in the room. Yeah. Right? They want you in the casino. So then, for example, the breakfast room, which is huge, uh-huh. is 
located in such a way as you have to walk through the through casino. casino. Yeah. And all the corridors are lined with slush. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's a standard uh, capitalist uh, like agenda. Course, you have yeah. uh, in uh, Luton Airport currently, yeah. you, uh, the extent, I mean, this has always been, this is the case in lots of airports, but it's quite, really quite uh, conspicuous in Luton Airport that you have to go through the duty-free yeah. To a large extent, to get anywhere near a flight. <laughs> but, but again, talking about Vegas, when you get off a plane at McCarran Airport, when you come out of the, the boarding uh-huh. tube, the slot machines begin at that door. Yeah. And they actually go around the walls and go there. Yeah. Beautiful. So as you get Lovely. Off the plane, there it is. And now, there are people playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never left the airport. But yeah. If we apply this concept or we anyway. analyze this concept in video games. Yeah, what does it mean in video games? Uh, is time suspended in what, video games? What, what could you name what, at least one game that really can take you out of? Uh... <clears throat> I think I would say that in uh, 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 in the same way that a good book you'd lose yeah. you'd lose yeah. uh, you'd lose your sense of time in a good book, and you'd lose your sense of time in a good film. You tend to be less aware if you're watching a bad film. You, I would say you're much more, more aware, aware of, of the time, time and, of, and and actually length. You know, the perceived length of a film can be. Your, your yeah. time perception is uh, stretched, or, you know, or can, stretched or, or compressed. compressed. Or, so this could um, be a reason of why lately video games start to be more complex and longer to be played yeah. to keep your touch to. And that, yes, and then you have, uh, but then you have the counter examples of the mm. really simplistic video games. Uh, there's a video game I'm very interested called, in called Journey, which is apparently only on PS3 and PS4. So I don't think I'm going to be able to play it, but it looks it looks amazing and they. You have this movement of games that are very simplistic and very uh, uh-huh. cerebral mm. and thoughtful and not much happens uh, in the same way that you have the, the films. You know, you have these wonderful films. And uh, so I think your your time perception can be manipulated in a very nice, pleasant way or, in, or obviously in a uh-huh. I'm wasting my life kind of way. But do you think it's possible that the more mass market products like mass market uh, movies, like a Hollywood production or a big game studio production like Halo or something like that, that they pay far more attention to this um, concept of um, making you engage as deeply as possible with the materials to, well, obviously as a result of that, you have this stretching of time, don't you, where just time seems to just literally stop. Yes. Uh... And you find yourself playing, I know I've played Halo a ridiculous amount of time. I was, gonna, I was thinking of Halo as well. It's interesting. I mean, I was yeah. thinking of Halo as a, especially Halo, a multiplayer. Because then some of those shooting games, like your Halos or your Call of Duties, the, light, <coughs> the lighting in the game is very low. In fact, some people, I think, criticise the game for yeah. being probably uh-huh. quite low lighting. Yeah. And maybe that, maybe there is something in that. But there's a, a, a question of, so you could lose your sense of time in a game like that, or I think you could lose your sense of time in a game because you're so absorbed in the game and it's just a wonderful game and i think it's about how it's the same as watching a very long film it's about how you feel afterwards you Mm. either feel you know empty and like you've lost something (laughs) or uh, (laughs) or or you feel uh you know nourished or uh like you know at the end of i don't know the end of watching lawrence of arabia i feel like i've been on a proper journey you know or or once upon a time in america or any of these other monumentally long films Mm. uh in the same way if you have a really long video game session you can feel i don't know you can feel it i think you can feel Mm -hmm. 
a various Ver- range yes. of emotions, I think. But it wouldn't surprise me to hear that, that you know, if, uh, to find out that some of the bigger companies making the more commercial games are maybe even investing in this, uh, in this how do we get people to play the games for longer? I would be yeah, very surprised because you know why? if they did Most of them start to sell you packages to be connected online. For example, most consoles you have to pay online. Uh, to be online, a fee uh, either monthly mm-hmm. or yearly, however you want. And kind of forces you to be using their network. Well, they must get something also. Yeah. Besides the fees that well, they pay. Are, well, yeah, but they also know that if they can get the punter to actually part with some money on a regular basis, uh-huh. the punter is psychologically more likely to want to use it because he's paying for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to pay for it and go, well, you know, that's fine. True. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people would. Um I think there's also a point of pride in the number of people you can get online playing a certain game. Yeah, I right. think they they keep track of how many people are they, playing. They must, yeah. So but those really big budget games, they have a they have a target of the number of millions. Of course, they want to get online at the same time because they will have a certain, particularly if you have games that have potential for in-game purchases. Oh yeah, it's all about numbers, right? Yeah. So the more people are engaged at uh-huh. any moment, they can probably there's a direct correlation between that and earnings. Mm. Yeah. So it'll be a purely, purely capitalistic mm. exploitation formula, yeah. right? which is, you know, what makes the world go round, right? Uh-huh. Then, uh, yeah, then there's, a, there's also, I mean, coming to a, on a personal level at the moment that I'm steering away from, I mean, I've, I've played computer games since, the, since I was young. Um, which wasn't long ago, let's yeah, face it. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl. Um, <laughs> And but I'm finding now now that I'm recently become a father, etc. Now you're more mature. Uh, I've I still I still really want to be playing my games, but I don't have I hardly have I find mu- obviously find much less time to play them. Uh, the, but a knock on effect of that is these open ended games like your Minecrafts and right. these. Uh-huh. I think I mean something like Minecraft might have interested me when I was younger, but I can't cope now with not having the end to a game. Yeah. I feel like I might I might be stuck in the past with this because this is a really uh, I think this is a, a new wave thing. Yeah, there's, a recent, there's been a recent movement towards these open ended games mm. that give you uh, you know Minecraft the construction possibilities. But I don't want to I don't want to build anything. I, I want to do I want to achieve something and, and then the, stop yeah. and then do something. Else. And these like space-based games, you know, the like uh, Eve uh-huh. and um, that oh, new that one that's no just Man, come out, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky that's come out. But again, I actually believe that this open-ended concept is as much to do with monetizing the experience yeah. as anything yeah. else. Yeah. So if there is no actual end, then they can carry on just bleeding you to be fair to a game like No Man's Sky I can't I don't know the game I haven't played the game yet but I, I can't imagine I think the, the in-game purchases is an interesting thing with uh, mobile gaming mm. oh yeah but I can't imagine that there are loads of in-game purchases in the, No Man's Sky for example well there are yeah, for, uh, within Warcraft there are informal markets and points in fact there's a very good science fiction novel called Snow Crash I think it's called very good novel Ooh. And it's actually about there's a there's a terrorist organisation, uh-huh. and they're actually they've actually got accounts in one of these massive multiplayer online games like yeah. Warcraft or something, and they've they're actually laundering uh, oh yeah money yeah. and goods through yeah. those marketplaces on. And when I read this science fiction novel, I thought, blimey, I bet people are doing that now. 
Well, yeah, there's, yeah. there are stories about this. I think there are whole companies set up to, uh, you know, if you play the game and train your characters, you can then, in some of these games, mm. uh, you, can, uh, you can build up a wonderful character by t- with time, right. with man hours. Yeah. yeah. Investment. S- yeah, and then you sell that you character. Sell it, and there's yeah. whole, like, side uh, Diablo. companies. Yeah. Diablo, Diablo started this uh, trend mm. of selling o- online accounts to access the servers when they had uh, characters train yeah. fully with special sets yeah. and they were selling them to you and as far as i know in the sims which is still going strong uh-huh. uh, there yeah. are there are actually people have companies in the sims for example for women uh, aimed at women fashion accessories and they actually <laughs> design fashion accessories and you have to buy the packs and you have to buy the yeah. handbag or the yeah, just actually, like in real life, and it costs you money, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. like in real life, but you don't really have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we need a new massive online game called Real Life. <laughs> so yes. you can live oh, your play real that. life in the. <laughs> in... Anyway, yeah, but are, are we making progress? Yeah, we're yeah. going through the points. Uh, that, actually, the next one uh, that Dan Daniel put here. Video game deads. Yeah. Video game deads. So this is, I mean, I, 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 was, I remember first being introduced, a lady called Anne Fine introduced me to a wonderful internet page that showed you, incredibly morbid, uh, the, it shows you the meals that people eat on death row before their, uh, before, you know, <clears throat> their last meal. Have you ever thought you have too much time on your hands, Dan? Yes. <laughs> yes, Carl. This was a while ago. Okay. It was when you else, were younger. Someone, someone else, yeah, when I was younger. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. Yeah. Someone, yes, someone showed me this yeah. uh, this website. Wonderful. Yes, amazing. Uh, but in a really horrible, more, right. horrible way. And in the same way that I found this lovely, uh, yes, lovely-ish uh, Wikipedia page about uh, deaths that have been attributed to video games. Right. <clears throat> and uh, I think they, uh, there's, so there's these people who've had a cardiac arrest after playing games in an internet cafe for three days straight <laughs> or but or, or also even more morbidly people who've you know who've uh whose children have died of malnutrition because they've because. been playing farmville the kind of thing right as it uh, interests me that those those games yeah. it is those uh open-ended yeah. games concepts it's yeah. those ones that are doing it rather than the more those the games of the storyline episodic feel, ones right? or what yes yeah, yeah. the ones I've, i that i feel are more like uh um, like halo very episodic but very uh, I, I think most well, of those I, yeah halo is an <laughs> halo is an interesting one i, I didn't it is put, episodic i didn't i played halo yes it's definitely uh episodic i didn't find i, I didn't find very much to enjoy in the halo 3 single player I what mm-hmm. I found my experience with Halo that was very positive was the Halo Two multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I found it was incredible social experience. We spent a huge amount of time at university playing playing that. Mm-hmm. That, that was just that game that it was mm-hmm. always on after every mm-hmm. meal in the common room. Um, so I found that, mm-hmm. that was very positive. But yes, but uh, anyway, most of those deaths are actually for caused by the addiction. Yes, there's mm-hmm. the addiction, and of course with uh, with the millions and millions of people who are playing happen, games, right? it is going to happen. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are people who've got so absorbed in a book that they've missed their child well, doing whatever. Actually, I have a, here a list of deaths. For example, examples of this. Good. This is good. And oh, excellent. First one: cause of death, prolonged malnutrition. Yeah. Game console responsible. Prius Online, mm. and this happened in South Korea yeah. in 2010. And the story is that a couple that just had a baby, they got problems in their jobs, they got fired, <laughs> mm. and they started to focus a lot in playing video games and playing this game specifically, in which 
They were playing together and they got a baby, a, a virtual baby, which they were taking care of a lot. And yeah. they forgot for the real one. That's all. And the baby I mean, died. That's really the stuff of um, of your dystopian book. It, it like is really looking after the virtual baby instead of looking after yeah. your real life baby in the room with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But the numbers are incredibly small compared to the number of people who are playing games. But but it's fair to say, obviously, there are there are susceptible people who fall prey to one or another addiction in life or vice. At some point, yeah. it yeah. could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be yeah. You could be watching Coronation Street, heaven yes, forbid. A, a very powerful drug. That a one. very powerful <laughs> mind control drug. For people from Manchester, Or yeah. Neighbours. Or EastEnders. Or EastEnders, yes. Yeah. Brookside. Brooks. Not so the novelist goes on. <laughs> there, there's another story where, I mean, it's. I think this is kind of creepy. We love this list. Playing uh, Halo 3, a boy in 2007, he was taking away his video game access, you know, he yeah. got pissed off. He got a gunshot and... Murdered both his parents. Yeah. Yeah, because they took his copy of Halo 3 away. But that's... I would make he, that about gun control. He clearly that's, hadn't thought that through, really. No, but the, I would also make the point about gun control there because the problem <laughs> is that there's a gun in your house. That's I mean, that's a more important problem than the kid getting upset because he's some, something, you know, his game's been taken away. He needed alternative ways of expressing his anger, Yes, right? yeah. other than having a live... Gun That's in, a message yeah, from Danko in there. Yeah, there are so many games examples like Grand Theft Auto. Ah, yes. Star, now I can now I can start Starcraft. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. yeah, Farmville. This is like oh my god, Farmville. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised to see. I games don't really like, know about Farmville. I've well, heard of it's, it, but it's ritualistic it, called sacrifice. Jeez, the what now? <laughs> a ritualistic called sacrifice. Uh, responsible Xbox Three Sixty. That is just, and it's just one of, in the long, proud tradition of bizarre and grisly stuff happening in Florida. In 2013... Yay, Florida! <laughs> they voted for Trump, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. The man Trump allegedly... Trumpageddon. ...used an Xbox 360 console as a bludgeon to end his girlfriend's life. <laughs> as an actual weapon. <laughs> the reason? Because she had control of his spirit. Uh, wow. The annoying thing was that afterwards the Xbox wouldn't start. <laughs> She should have removed the hard drive first. And they sued Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> Halo, pulmonary embolism, yeah. that was the cause of death. The instructions didn't say it couldn't be used as a blunt yeah. weapon. Yes, <laughs> safely. This, this one, I still don't get it. Water intoxication produced by the Nintendo Wii. Oh, that's... Ooh. Say that again. That's, that's a bit more fruity. Say that again. Say that again. Water intoxication. Water intoxication. Yeah. So that's where you... They drank o- too much, overf- you mean. Overfed water. The kind of thing you do on E, right? <coughs> Drinking on too the, much water. On a Nintendo E, <laughs> yes. The guy, while playing Wii and not wanting to let the Wii go, the game, he drank over two gallons of water and refused to use the bathroom, hoping to, to win the new Nintendo deck. And he won a and his, dead by intoxication. His spleen exploded yeah. at yeah. an inappropriate moment. Yeah, he died. And he was also on an E. Yeah. Just the subtitle after that. <laughs> he got a special award yeah. from Nintendo. <laughs> Posthumous. This, this is an ancient one, actually, from the 80s. Ancient. From Atari. What do you mean Cardiac ancient? arrest, playing a game called uh, Berserk. Cold what? Berserk. Berserk? Yeah. Oh, 
So mm-hmm. the guy, you know, pushed the limits of the game endurance by reaching the high score of 16,660 points. Those were the days. Yeah. Yeah. When you had points. Yeah. Oh, you Chinese, points. Chinese suicide, Sometimes. leaping from a 24-story building, oh, yeah, playing yeah. World of Warcraft. And the number one is Shanghai Killer, multiple stab wounds, <laughs> playing Mirror 3. What? <laughs> multiple stab wounds to himself? Yeah. You're kidding yeah. me. He stabbed himself. So the the story is that in 2004, that this Chinese player was stabbed today by fellow gamer, uh. and the the first guy, I uh, know that the second guy lent his virtual sword from the game to his homie, and then he turned around and sold it in an online auction house. So the other guy so just took got a, took a real sword, a real yeah. stuff, and just stabbed him to death. A perfectly reasonable response, I think, yeah. in that situation. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, that was. Do you think that actually video games could have this kind of influence to the point that can make somebody? Well, clearly, no. Like, not, I, I mean, don't, have, I don't blame the video games, but you can't. You can't. Blame it's the a video bit like games. blaming the gun for somebody killing somebody, isn't it? Well, no. <laughs> Well, okay. Now here's where we're just going to disagree because it's I think the same it, I think it's a, analogy. No, because the gun, the gun is a, a is a, a designed, gun. and the game isn't presumably. No, the gun is designed for violence. The gun is not designed for fun. The gun is designed for violence. It uh, is, it's historically, so you would say that I, game, I, I, games that have violence are not designed for violence. No, they're not designed to. They're not designed to hurt people. Okay, I will give you. Uh, I, I'm going to get some friction from you guys okay. here. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I'll give you my. I'll give you my little piece on the. Is it on quick? The, the, yeah, on the. Yeah, cool. <laughs> this is quick, Carl. Because I, am I, I can see the end of my life, okay? <laughs> and I need to no, spend the time wisely. Oh, you're just as young as I am, Carl. <laughs> right. Uh, so yes, in um, oh, I've forgotten what the piece is now. Uh, so yes, in uh, I would argue mm. that there is uh, that you can you could say that allowing people uh, an outlet to express your uh, violent instincts, which I think we've grown up, we've evolved with this kind of violent instinct as part of us, which Built is still, still in, which is still yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. And I think there are ways in which we can release that in a very safe and controlled atmosphere, which probably... Uh, like sports. Which probably example. prevent violence. So I would argue something like football, although you have the hooliganism thing... Or sports generally. Or sports generally. It's a, you're modelling mm. something that you can get very competitive and animalistic mm. and, you know, macho, perhaps macho mm. about, <laughs> without, yeah, <laughs> without uh, having to express the need in a physical, uh, in a, a physical real world way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible that, you know, the number of people who are uh, getting really up, really angry in real life and then re- releasing that by going and playing GTA or something and then don't commit violent acts because you, you can't report that, can't you? can't number that. You can't... Uh, Not that. yet. No, well, I, you, I mean, I'm sure someone in the US probably has done a study on that. I mean, we can look into it. But I think you... Uh, there is every possibility that, that as an outlet for your those inner violent instincts, mm-hmm. these games are actually a good thing and actually a part, uh, important part of a pacifist... Uh, Mm-hmm. society before you even get into the idea about freedom of expression and stuff which i don't think extends to owning weapons mm-hmm. like real weapons in your house right good well thank you for that so i wasn't that sure and now we go to the politics <laughs> so yeah we've got some we had some politics already now yeah. the politics yeah so well yes there's a question of whether whether there are political messages snuck into video games to uh manipulate uh people and 
politic and maybe social, some of them. Mm. Uh, social engineering. Yes. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It goes on with television, right? Yeah, 100%. Clearly. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure and it goes on You were on mentioning with... something about dodgy lines in Pokemon. Yeah, I, I, I remembered some... I actually couldn't find any of them when I was looking through, through the script online. They're very but, convenient. But, yes. <laughs> but there were there were times when I was playing one of the more recent Pokemon games recently where I was really raising an eyebrow at some of the some of the stuff that's coming out. It's especially as uh, uh, interesting in terms of how you must respect the system and not question... Uh, authority. Not que- not, yes, not questioning authority... Um, and it's interesting because in Pokemon, you, you, the the good guys are the guys that catch the Pokemon and make them fight, right? Mm. And anyone who resists this status quo in, in Pokemon is a villain, mm. and, uh-huh. and that's um, they're definitely the enemy. All right. So it's very black and white. So I think it's very black and white. That's one. That's one thing. And also, <laughs> this, I mean, you know, if you, I could, I was getting overtones uh, of things like the, you know, we've got this fox hunting debate that continues uh, in England, and you, you're really? seen as being a, some. The world talks about little else. It has to be said. Well, yeah. <laughs> the fox hunting debate in England. Well, I thought. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's quite tally ho. Uh, yes. So you got the but, but yeah. this idea of not questioning what the yeah the, what the received wisdom is and you know being sub- submissive and all that kind of stuff is interesting. I think in the Pokemon games. But do you think it's possible that this whole game playing culture mm-hmm. is actually creating? a kind of an alternate outlet for dissatisfaction and disgruntlement generally with society. But instead of going out on the streets and doing something about it, people kind of act it out in virtual environments instead. So instead of actually going out and actually doing something, we are becoming more and more passive generally by just exercising these thoughts and ideas in these virtual environments yes again i think you can you can level the same uh, you would i mean you would not level the same uh uh accusation against books you wouldn't say you're reading too many of all those lovely political books you're mm. reading about all these uh, amazing Yeah, but they're not immersive, topics. are they, in the same way? Mm, you, you I can't... Argue, I'd argue it's similar. If, you're wrapped up, if I'm wrapped in, up in a very, very good book, I'd say it was very similar to being wrapped up in a very... But a book has an end, and as you say, there is a preponderance now, an emergence True. of these open-ended games. If, Which, yeah. if these are not meant to completely uh, dominate people's attention, mm. and as long as they're sat indoors glued to a computer screen playing a game, mm. but not outdoors protesting about some injustice yes. I mean, in real you life. Could, or you could level the, I still think you could level the same argument against just about anything you're doing mm. that's not... Uh, it's all relative, right? Yes. So, but I, th- I, would, I think it's a much stronger argument that people spend too much time liking things on Facebook to express their political opinions as opposed to going on the streets. I think yeah, that, that's, well, people spend that's too much time on Facebook. People spend yeah, too much time on Facebook, full stop, or on Twitter, or, or, or just thinking anything that you're doing online is mm. having as uh, well, powerful ha- an effect as what you could be doing in your day-to-day life with, with people. Exactly. It seems to me that, again, them. all this social media uh, activity and all this gaming activity is acting to actually suppress... A real life activity, sure. And people are kind of withdrawing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think there's possible exception, but I think we're going to discuss a bit later some of the possible positive exceptions mm-hmm. to that. But I also think that, and so look, going back to Pokemon games in uh, mm. general, 
Uh, I think you see in the games you have uh, tel- tel- there are televisions everywhere in the game, and it's interesting to me that the televisions mm-hmm. are seen as a benign uh, force. Mm. They're giving you know lovely news, just the weather, yeah. and just not, and just some nice messages about that. You know, this is what's going on at the moment, and it's again, it's that, that I think that's. <laughs> the opposite of how I would feel about right. just your, your run of the day television. You think about remember, CNN or any of these. Remember this movie we had in one of our earlier podcasts uh-huh. that, that um, John Carpenter, I think it is, is the director, isn't it? John Carpenter. They ah, live. They live yeah. Have you ever seen that movie? I haven't seen that one. No. Talk saw, us, no. Yeah. Is it talking about subliminal stuff? Yes. Uh, Very clever movie. Mm. Uh, it's, Regarded as a bit of a cult classic, Ooh. totally worth seeing. I like cult classics. There you go. John Carpenter's mm-hmm. They Live mm-hmm. is a kind of along this area of yeah. kind of hidden messages. and. Uh, yeah. Do you think that this platform could be exploited in the near future more? Like we have, we have gone now through the U.S. elections mm. with Trump and so on, and the social media, of course, played a huge role in this. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, I think it was used... Quite some of course it was. for this. Uh, do you think they could soon start to also try to exploit heavily video gaming and maybe not only on consoles, on, but maybe online small video games and to push some political some propaganda, you want to call it, or, ideas yeah. in there? Well, social engineering is clearly it's, going on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. We're, we're all being manipulated clearly yeah. every day. True. So why wouldn't they? Yeah, we're talking yeah. also about subliminal messages included in there. Yes. Mm. Like uh, you were telling me about one of Sonic, no? That one was uh, very interesting. This is a nice one. So I, I got uh, Ken when I was younger. <laughs> 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 uh, I played, um, I, I bought this game called Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Is on, that uh, the GameCube? It's the Hedgehog, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very fast. And. Uh, I played played I played this game for it was a real mammoth session I reckon it was about ten hours on this game wow. I ground in a row it, yeah it was a unique I don't I, I haven't done that many a time but I was I I noted it was quite a session had you finished your homework by then yeah I, get, I had a day off school or something and uh, <laughs> it was sixth form no no I, I was amazing the sixth sixth form I didn't have to do any work at all it was a strange two years anyway. That's another story. That's another story. So we were so I played that for about ten hours. Uh, it was interesting that the the game itself it was comprised of these Sonic levels where you have uh, these really really fast Sonic levels which were really impressive and really really fun. Then you had these uh, exploration levels with a different character, like right. they were split, you know, one after the other. And the exploration levels were, you know, apocalyptically boring. Really, mm. really just like a grind. But you had to go through. And then you go through them and then you get rewarded with this next, uh, uh, next Sonic level. Right. Okay, so that was one. Of, and then I got to the end of this 10 hours and then I was playing through one of these Sonic levels which you're supposed to blaze through, a, you know, unless you mess up. You're supposed to blaze through them really fast and I got stuck on a bit of scenery and on the bit of scenery it says on the wall Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is habit forming. Full stop. Don't turn off. Exclamation mark. Right. <laughs> And I thought that was really, really sinister when you couple when you couple it with the fact that I've just spent, I've just spent ten hours playing it. And I, you know, I'm not the world's biggest conspiracy theorist, but I did think that's really what a weird thing to decide uh, in the, to put on uh, on the wall. Of course, there are there are these incidents, aren't there? They're quite well yeah. documented of stuff actually peer, appearing in video games that are actually the game manufacturer isn't actually aware of, and they're actually yeah. snuck in there by some 
errant programmer or something. By the programmers. Yeah. Who got the job of doing a bit of rendered scenery over there. Yeah. And, no, you know, he's like the apprentice or something. Yeah. And he kind of does something that nobody actually Only sees. he will know he was like, yeah. Yeah, and, and he did. knows that someday somebody's going to wander down there. Yeah. So uh, there, there is yeah. that. Or the so-called Easter eggs, right? Yeah. Right. That started like a really uh, errors in the programming. Yeah. And then they became like a, a thing to have in the yeah, game. Yeah, something to seek out. Yeah, yeah, yeah to search for them. So I, that 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 idea is fan- that, I mean that idea is fantastic. It's something I know my mum would be very interested in. My mum did a, a PhD on uh, uh, walls as a concept in English literature. And there's one fantastic text called a uh, book called Diary by Chuck Paulinick. And in this book, the builder he's building houses and he has these walls. He hides in these houses walls that don't have doors, and mm. there's these little compartments and uh, you know these little rooms that you can't access from the house properly. But when uh, you go into these rooms, they're like pasted with like all these psychotic ramblings all over the wall like this. Mm. And this is the like the part of the topic uh, for the book. But that's interesting. I think that's that's interesting that that's going on in these computer games. Mm. When and it's also a symptom of uh, computer games having too many staff working. If you have a if you have a big Project, if you have a big project like this, then you mm. do, and you have all this, this delegation to hundreds of millions of programs and stuff, then this is an interesting like well, it's gonna happen, disease. It? Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. Yes, yeah. bound to happen yeah. for sure. So, what's next? So we got uh, augmented reality yeah. versus virtual reality. Yes, we I, have talked about this mm. slightly once we talk also in a different topic. Mm. But augmented reality, some of the most. Uh, known games of augmented reality right now have been for mobile. Mm. And we're talking about Ingress and we're talking about Pokemon Pokemon. Go, Mm -hmm. which actually is based on Ingress. Mm. It uses even the same... uh, Same concept, is it? And the same database of places. Because all the portals that were created during the Ingress period and the, the development of the game and the players, let's say we were, because I was, and I'm still a Ingress player, but... Uh, we were submitting oh, yeah. the portals. Right. Those portals remain in the Pokemon Go as uh, gym references or training yeah, spots and yes. stuff like that. But I thought Ingress was owned by Google. It was sold a company, Niantic Labs. Yeah. So they sold, Google sold it, it, it to It became somebody. independent. Uh, so they did a deal with uh, Nintendo. Nintendo, presumably. Yeah, I, I think it was more a thing to not have, uh, you know, split the company in several... Like they did actually. Now mm-hmm. it's not Google anymore; it's Alphabet. Remember? I can imagine it was all done for very good reasons. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but Alphabet, there's right? also the the case of that one that we talked about in a mm. previous episode, where it's a it's a facility in the US yeah. where you wear your helmet of virtual reality plus a vest, and it's a whole uh, um, it's a built a, environment, a storage facility. Mm. It's a Huge, I don't know how many hectares of uh, terrain is it. Like a huge An warehouse. indoor, and you go through the, the first door, and you're inside the world. Yeah. You can touch the walls. You can feel the humidity in your hands because uh, you can see something, but in, in if you take the helmet it's away, just a plane. it's a wall yeah. with some water dripping, but maybe in there it's like a waterfall. Yeah, or, whatever. Yeah. Or something. You feel the water. Yeah. You feel the... Now, clearly, we it's all that, want to go there. Well, it sounds like it would just give me a massive headache. Yeah, I don't, well, I, I'm, I'm quite, re, I'm quite reactionary to this this stuff. I'm not. Uh, I, it hasn't captured my imagination yet. I think um, augmented reality is going to be huge. Yeah. Before virtual reality. But, that, what, but what I think what's an interesting thing about um, 
that stuff is that sometimes you can have these uh, things that seem like gimmicks, which are then put to artistic use kind of later. I think this might happen with something like 3D mm. films. Uh-huh. I can't think of a single 3D film I've gone to see that I've enjoyed yet. But it doesn't rule out the possibility that in future there will that someone will use it with the, the who, whose artistry I, I respect. I know Werner Herzog made a three D uh, film, which I thought was interesting. I mean, that that right. sounds like something that might might interest me. But I, it could. But the same thing could happen with augmented uh-huh. reality and virtual reality. Some at some point, some really artistic person is going to come across and come over and do something really special with it. I, I think that probably the evolution of three D films, as we have seen them right now, is going to be onto. Uh, virtual reality headsets in the cinema, mm. probably to be more immersed yeah. into the into the film itself. But then, why would you need to go to the cinema? Yeah, you can just uh, rent it and see it at home. Just stream it at home. I think augmented reality, apart from artistic uses, has a huge, huge application area. Generally speaking, in industry and uh, technology. In general, yeah. Mm. We were talking about space exploration using augmented reality or virtual reality. I mean, clearly, its artistic use will come, but at the moment it's a little expensive. And there's the uh, Google Glass stuff is presumably... Is that what you call that? That's gone. They ditched it. They've shut it down. Yeah. Well, because, you know, it started to appear that even they were giving it to you for free if you pre-ordered the Samsung Galaxy S7. Yeah. They were giving you the VR glasses, the headset. why, Why? What happened? Well, uh, it, it was. It wasn't. It didn't work properly. <laughs> didn't work. I just didn't work properly. I had a chance to test one. Yeah. Uh, we know a guy that is a programmer in Bucharest, and he came here, and he had uh, the only headset of Google uh, lenses glass, glass in uh, all Eastern Europe. I think was the first one to mm-hmm. be delivered, and he was here, and we made a test, mm. and he lent us the glasses. We were there in the meeting, and you actually had to control the glasses with gestures from your head movements and so on mm. so if you wanted to for example pass to something else you tilt your he- head like to another right you look like you're having a fit yeah <laughs> you get into an argument so we were actually able to watch for example like youtube videos mm. through the glasses while you were normally sitting there mm. as well the problem is that it starts to de- change your attention a lot it's hard to keep attention on what you're doing here mm. And what you are seeing is through the glass, which is contrary to what probably they uh, thought first of. Mm. To be something integrated in your everyday life, walking with those uh, glasses there, seeing things and references in the mm. glasses, but they became so destructive to the people, mm. they couldn't really have a span uh, their attention. They couldn't you know? divide their attention. Divide the attention, mm. yeah. So, but, but just from a technology standpoint, it was not brilliant. Yeah. it was. An, it's a noise-connected technology, which... As we know, we we just haven't got I, it. I don't like it. Doesn't well, it doesn't exist anyway. Yeah. Not in an accessible way. Yeah, I think you it, have to pay for it. You, you, it would have been better if they would integrate something like the uh, controller ring. I don't know if you saw that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. You put the ring in your hand, and with uh, things like this, with some uh, actions, gestures, move, gestures or, with yeah. your hand, you control, for example, that computer, or you control stuff in That's your house. Nice. So with that integrated with the glasses, probably would have been better. Like we have seen in many move, sci-fi movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've all seen the movies. Right? You can drag stuff. I in like and James out. Bond's ring. You remember? Is it in? Uh, I'm trying to remember what film it's in. I think it's in the world is not enough, where he has a ring which can shatter glass. Yeah, like oh, this. He puts it up. I think that's a different thing, Dan. Yeah, that's actually too hardware stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Maybe uh, he was with Diamond of, there or something. The like kind this. of movie that I think you and I are thinking of is maybe uh, Minority Report. Minority Report, That's a example. very good example yes. of that. Right? A wonderful example of a film with uh, <clears throat> immense product placement, Minority Report. Of course it is. Of right? course. But this yeah. is the future, right? Yeah. Totally. Okay. And just uh, just as a little point, maybe segueing into the, like, the good side, I think that, that uh, the augmented reality... Thing or one of the, uh, a really interesting development, which I don't think gets talked about very much, is when uh, uh, development of video games when uh, people introduced rumble packs. I think right. it was, I think that was the, the origin. We could call it. I think the I, well, the first time I can remember it, I'm sure it wasn't the origin, but the first one I can remember is on the Nintendo 64. You yeah. buy, buy a whole huge thing like this and you stick it in the back I of the that, yeah. and then it shakes when you're when you're uh, as you're playing. And it's a, a really really interesting uh, bit of feedback. Mm. Um, Haptic feedback. Yeah, it's called now called haptic feedback. And now it's everywhere. Now it's in your yeah. phone. It's in it absolutely ev- everywhere. Hmm. Uh, I think that was a very interesting development, which doesn't get um, yeah talked about well, very much. It's that, that is part of the journey onto augmented reality. Yeah. It? That it's was the beginning of it. Try to yeah. fool your senses in yeah, the end. Trying to add or, or, missing information. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we finished with the bot parts, right? Yeah. Do you, can we take a couple minutes break? What? <laughs> well, actually... We're gonna. Uh, this, this is going to be the first part of the show. Yeah. And we were going to present you the second part, which is the good part, for the next week. Good. Excellent. So even better. Yeah. For for us, it's going to be just a two minute break or something. But yeah. For you, it's going to be a lot longer. Uh, one week. <laughs> yes. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> okay. See you next week. All names, sounds, logos. And other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Darkmind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Darkmind Radio 2016.